Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by the College Parent Survival Network, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Megan Barker. After graduating from Hendricks College with a double major in theater arts and psychology in 2015, Megan moved to LA to pursue her dreams of becoming an actor. Upon arrival, she found herself also applying her passion for mental health through working as an advocate for young adults in recovery. When she's not in front of the camera shooting films such as Lifetime's Picture Perfect Lies, Megan can be found working for Launch Centers, which is an outpatient program located in West LA. Whether while performing on stage or running around an office, she hopes that she can help others find their own voices and realize their potential. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Megan. All right, Megan, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Thanks for inviting me. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you too. (laughs) Well, let's just, let's get started because I actually don't really know your story. I know some of the things that you're doing right now, but why don't you tell, why don't you tell the listeners, where did you actually grow up and what were you hearing about post-secondary education from maybe your family as well as kind of the community in which you were raised? Growing up, uh, or actually I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, and just, I was an only child, just my mom and then uh, later my stepdad. All my family's in Arkansas between Little Rock and like Pine Bluff. It's like, so I got kind of like that small town feel. As, well, I mean, Little Rock isn't like super small, but definitely got uh, not the LA um, upbringing. So this that was kind of interesting coming here. Growing up, I was always, I don't know, I, I quote unquote good at school and always enjoyed it. And so I think my mom always envisioned me going off and being like a doctor or a lawyer or something. And I never wanted to do any of those things. And I never really actually had an aim for what I wanted to do growing up until I took a drama class, like a theater class. I did like one little monologue and I just absolutely fell in love. And it was like all the lights were like flashing and I'm like, this is what I need to do. So I knew I wanted to do that. And then my mom's one request, because she was always very supportive. She's like, I want you to go to college before you run away and do the acting thing. Because I know a lot of people, they just graduated high school and then moved out. She said, I want you to do college first. I said, okay. And luckily, I was very fortunate. I got a full ride to a school in Arkansas. I wanted to go out to do like a conservatory or more specific acting program. But then they were like, oh, no, that's a lot of money. And I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) no. And while I was there, because I got a full ride, I ended up deciding to double major in theater and psychology because I joke around that psychology was one of the only classes I ever learned in as opposed to just regurgitated. Um, which I think there's a difference. Like, it's like, yes, I can get through this class versus, oh, I'm actually really retaining this and I, and I find it applicable and useful. So I ended up doing a double major and kind of had half a mind. I was like, maybe I'll be a therapist one day. Who knows? Uh, but I knew I didn't want to pursue master's at that point because everybody said master's for acting was kind of useless. So I was like, okay, I'll just carry on. Uh, picked up, packed up, moved to LA and started looking for jobs. And I knew I did not want to wait tables because I had waited tables for six years of my life. And I said, nope, I will not be the actor that moves to LA to wait tables. 
And that is when I met Jose, who owns Launch Centers. And Launch Centers was just starting at that point. And he said, hey, I'm getting this off the ground. It's going to be a young adult program. It's substance abuse and recovery and mental health. And I you know, need help administratively. And I said, great, because it made me feel like I was going to be able to give back. Like my day job wasn't just going to be a survival job. It was going to be a job where I could also give back and learn and grow and also see if I wanted to be a therapist. I quickly found out I don't want to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was like, no, this is, not my, this is not for me. It was, it's very hard. It's a hard profession, just emotionally, mentally. And also I realized a lot of my responses to people's problems was, well, tough luck, suck it up, buttercup, which is not actually a, like a sound therapeutic modality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not for me, but I have a, I found that I actually do have like a deep passion for the work that we do because, you know, sometimes I was looking at your like initial email about this and young adults don't know what we're doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was relatively quote unquote, well-raised. I still had no idea what I was doing. I still had to call my mom and I was like, how do you turn on gas mom? <laughs> like, who do you call? How do you do that? Well, did you do, did you call her when you were at school in Arkansas or was this when you moved out to LA? When I moved or out no? to LA. Yeah. Because in, in Arkansas, everything was kind of like taken care of through the school. But when I moved out to LA, I was like, mom, what's a credit card? Like, how do I, what do I do with credit cards? Like, what do, how do I do gas? Mom, why, why can't I get an apartment because of like, my, I don't have a job. And so there's like all these things that you don't get explained to you. I was doing a lot of W-9 jobs and then taxes came around that year. And I was like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, because it's all 1099 work. And I was like, I don't know how to like do taxes. I don't know how to handle this. I don't, what, what are expenses? And so my first year in LA was really kind of like a slap in the face for all the things they don't prepare you for ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, like you said, the school that you went to, like you, full ride, everything's taken care of. And so it almost feels like this extension mm -hmm. of kind of, you know, I don't want to say an extension of high school, but an extension of like not being responsible for a lot of these independent tasks. And as a young adult, here you are, you double majored, pack things up, off to LA you go. And it's like, I could just picture you, like how exciting was that moment? And then you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, there's, this is such a steep learning curve for that transition. And I was actually even just thinking, did you even know anybody that was in LA when you moved out? No, um, I have a grandmother who has a house part-time in San Diego. It's like her summer home. And so I lived there for like two months and I thought in my silly little head that I could go back and forth between San Diego and LA easily. It took me seven hours to get back one day. I left at like 4 PM on a Friday. And that was, I immediately was like, I'm looking for, for like a, an apartment in LA, but it was hard because I didn't have a job and I couldn't get a job because I didn't have an apartment and I didn't have an, couldn't get an apartment because I, didn't have a job. And I found somebody on Craigslist. <laughs> and she was in a tight spot where her roommate basically just up and left. And we kind of went in on a handshake. And I was like, I swear I won't steal your stuff. <laughs> I swear I won't kill you. And we're like, great, we're living together now. <laughs> 
So how did how did that play out? Just out of curiosity, I feel like I'm going a little off script. Just kind of you know when you're in that tight situation, you know, like and you're potentially living with a somebody you've never met before. Again, this is like a part of the like snowball that was LA of all of these things that you were just kind of thrown into to learn really quickly. Like, how was that living situation? I'll put it this way. That apartment hadn't been cleaned in who knows how long. And I took a lot of time cleaning it. And then she came in and she goes, you cleaned. And I said, yes. And she's like, you used chemicals. And I said, yes. She goes, you know, you could do these with like all natural things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. But we were past that point. <laughs> so she was very much like the all natural, like no chemical kind of person. And then um, she was also, I'm not saying this to be mean, she was vegan and I'm from the South. And so, you know, I'm cooking bacon and stuff. And she's like, yeah, our pots can't touch. But other than that, we got along great. You know, we really didn't have a lot of crossover in our lives. So we very much so were just two people living in the same place, though. We didn't really connect. But also, it was fine because we didn't really bother each other. But it was just sort of like a, an interesting experience moving in with somebody who I literally knew nothing about. <laughs> you just <laughs> I'm sure your 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 follow up like the next living situation was a little bit more intentional. Yes, I actually ended up moving in with a girl that I had done a play with and I lived with her and her boyfriend for about 6 months and then at that point I moved in with my my boyfriend. So, um it was an interesting uh journey and thank God none of my roommates were ever like super crazy. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> But you still, I mean, like, aside, that was only one component to the transition of, like, striking it out on your own. And like you said, I like how you said, look, I wasn't, I was done waiting tables. That, to me, feels like such the Hollywood, no pun intended, version of what the starving actor, right? Like, you're, you're showing up for all of these auditions. And when you're not in an audition or a performance, whatever that may be, you're waiting tables. Because that's the only thing that Hollywood ever portrays, you know, actors doing so it's yeah. knowing launch centers and like the work that they do and also it kind of aligns with your psychology degree it sounds like everything that you're doing work-wise is fulfilling it doesn't feel like you're doing one thing as an obligation to be able to like pursue this passion it's like both jobs that you know both hats that you wear is filling your cup am i yeah. off no, I, it's, I mean, you're totally right. I like, um, I joke around one time I Googled something and like the two most useless undergrad degrees are psychology and theater. You no there's, way. There's like, they're of like the top most useless undergrad degrees are psychology and theater. Cause with a BA in psychology, you, you just, you have to go to master's if you want to do anything. And there's not really anything that just requires a BA in psych and theater. You don't need a degree in theater to act. So I like to joke around that I'm using the two most useless degrees out there. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't pay for them. So it feels okay. Eh. Um, <laughs> but but no, I mean, really, because I, I feel like each day, I'm either getting to do what I love, or I'm helping people get back to a point where they can find out what they love. And there are definitely days where the launch side of things is far more stressful, <laughs> but you know, that's, I think that's any job in healthcare and behavioral health, but I've been able 
to grow with this company. Like since we were, I mean, literally when I say he was starting it, that we had like two therapists and me and like a three office, a three room office. And we all just sort of cramped in with each other. And then you saw it when you came. And so it's like, I just, it's, it's like, it's just incredibly fulfilling to be able to be a part of some of these people's stories. Like, even though I know that therapy isn't anything I want to do now, I do feel like there have been chances where I've been able to use what I know to give back in my own ways. <laughs> Cami makes me do mock interviews with the clients sometimes. She has me pull out, put, put on my acting hat at work and I do mock interviews with them and I give them like a fake job description and I say, this is what you're going in for. And I go in there and I get all like, <laughs> and I get all, and I stand up all straight and I look at them all sternly and I interview them. And it's a lot of fun. Cause I like, I, so I still get that like interaction where I get to work with the clients and help them without like, you know, dealing with some of the heavier things. You're listening to the Success is Subjective podcast, and I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. As a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch them on Apple Podcasts. My guest today is Megan Barker. I love that what you just said, you know, really talking about, you know, seeing, essentially seeing the changes, right? Like the rewards, you know, even though you're not doing the therapy yourself, right, as a therapist, there is something really magical about what it is that you're able to witness every day on the job, in in a program too, or organization that has evolved with you. So I'm going to ask you this question because I ask all of my guests this question. Do you see yourself as successful? Yes. And it's kind of a funny thing to say, because like the actor side of me wants to be like, well, you don't have your million dollar movie yet, so you're not successful. But I've been doing a lot of been doing a lot of self work recently. <laughs> and I've come to appreciate that everything that I'm doing is successful. Like the fact that I'm even here able to pursue this is success to me because there's so many people that either don't get this opportunity or they give up. The fact that each year I've done something slightly better in terms of my production quality means that I'm moving forward. I did a Lifetime movie. And so the fact that I did a Lifetime movie, even though it's like just, you know, what most people consider a crappy Lifetime movie, was still better than like a student film that I was doing three years ago. So while I'm not where I want to be, I know I'm not failing. And I think that a lot of people see success as an end game. Like I have succeeded. And I just don't think that that's, that's true. I think it's just, it's a journey you continue to ride, uh, journey continue to, whatever. It's a journey you're on. <laughs> um, and then with launch, I could have very well just come and gone and treated it as a job and said, whatever, clocked in, clocked out. But I, I believe in the work that's being done and I I joke around, I tell Jose, I said, when I get my million dollar Marvel movie and I get my Oscar, I'll be sure to thank launch centers. <laughs> I said, I'll become a celebrity spokesperson. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I think at the end of the day, 
I'm happy with what I've accomplished and what I've done and what I get to continue to do. And to me, that's, it's a lot more than I think some people can say. Absolutely. Well, and I think the follow-up to that is then, you know, what advice would you give to somebody then who might, might be struggling to pursue their passions, right? Or just maybe may like kind of at this crossroads in their young adult years and really needing some sort of advice from you. What advice would you give? I, <laughs> I joke around that this advice is not helpful. It's hard. It's, it's very hard. Anything you do is hard. I think people lie and they make life seem very like, oh, you do this, then you get this, and then you get this. They make the things seem very linear. And everything in this world is not linear. And I think when you can prepare yourself for that, it seems easier. And then there's just sort of the, the age old belief in terms of like, just be good to people people will be good to you. And then sort of the more artistic side of it is if you want to pursue the arts or anything within this line, you have to know that that's the only thing you ever want to do. Like you have to know that that's, that's the only thing that will ever make you happy because otherwise it's overwhelming. Just in terms of like trying to pursue it as a career because of all the steps you have to take. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Okay. Specifically for acting. Like, cause like I said, it's like, you have to know that this is what drives you and what keeps you going. Because if you're doing this just for the fame or if you're doing it just for the money, or if you're doing it just cause you said, why not? It's like the, the amount of rejection that you get, the amount of no's, the amount of money you have to spend. It just, it all kind of compiles. And um, I've had friends drop off from acting since coming out here, just because at the end of the day, it wasn't what brought them their joy. And that's such a, as you're talking to him, thinking through, that's such an important piece, actually, that I think is missing just in general for young adults is having a passion or having that like fire for something. It doesn't even have to be a passion, but like, yes, I want to do this and it really makes me happy. And I'm going to could. I want to pursue it because it, it really does like fuel me. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, you know, and you probably see it at the launch centers, like you said, once they get to a place where they are stable or healthier, then they can start to figure out what is it that Mm -hmm. kind of lights me up. A lot of people don't know it like at all. A lot of people just, they've been told go to school graduate high school, go to college, graduate college, maybe get your master's, get a job, get your 401k, retire and carry on. And they they don't really explain where to find your joy in all of that. Like, you know, some people might be perfectly happy with a stable nine to five, and that might bring them all their joy. And then some people might not thrive in that environment. But there's like, the one thing I've learned, especially in the film industry, there's so many jobs out there that you don't even know exist. And there's so many roles for things that you don't even know might be needed. And it's just, how do you get that information out to young adults? To me, that's like something that like, is kind of interesting to me. It's like, cause most people you hear your doctor, lawyer, teacher, whatever, but there's so much more. And I don't think people realize that. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Right, because we are, we are uh, oh yeah, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, those are the top three, right? That's mm -hmm. it, doctor, lawyer, teacher. Or if you want to do like law enforcement, maybe yeah. that's like the, that's the fourth. I'm just making that up. There's really no list out there that exists like that. But I think that just, that takes it back to, you know, millennials that have been told like, here's, here's the like buckets of career paths. When we live in a day and age now where there are not only is there more, but there's access to more. And I think some young people are, are so overwhelmed with figuring it out. And like you said, we just think of like, oh, you're going to be an actor. Well, actually, there's hundreds of other careers that you could actually tap into, into this like film or, you know, space. Mm -hmm. But you don't know about them unless you're actually exploring them. Yeah. And then even just my job at launch in terms of this administration, they don't really tell you when you graduate with your BA in psychology that you can go be an administrator at a at like a at a health mental health center. And so it's just it's it's just kind of. I think overwhelming because you just go out there and there's just so many things that it's hard to even think about what you like. Cause Cammy, one of my favorite stories with Cammy, when she sat down with this client and just because of her history had never really gotten to explore what she loved. She's like, I don't know. Cammy was like, you know what? I think you'd be good at grant writing. The client was like, okay, sure. Whatever started doing grant writing, went and got a $65,000 grant for a nonprofit. So, if, you know, people just, they find it sometimes. And I'm like, I'm over here behind the scenes, just like, wow, can you imagine being that young person all of a sudden the grant that you wrote received that money for a nonprofit? Like how, how fulfilling, you know, potentially could that have been for that young person? Like that's, oh, yeah. that's what you need. Oy, oy, oy. Okay. Well, I know, of course, this is goofy. So I think, first of all, I, I, this is like also kind of a little off topic. I'm curious what the, the movie was for Lifetime oh, that you were in. Because um, <laughs> I want to actually link it in the show notes. And also, I want people to just be able to connect with you. I want them to know how to access or get connected to you with launch centers and then just like even experience connecting with you. Because maybe somebody that listens to this, whether it's a young adult directly or a parent, and maybe they're kind of in this like pursuing the acting kind of space or that career or, or questioning whether or not they want to do it because they love theater in high school. So like to be able to connect with you as a as a resource, as a mentor, you know, like that's people want to be able to reach out. And that's a big part of what this podcast is about. It's highlighting or spotlighting people's stories. Cause like you said, it's not linear, but then also providing this networking space. Well, now, you know, these people who have been through it. So connect with somebody, connect with one of the guests. And I know that there's going to be more than one person that listens to this and reaches out to you. So what's the name of that movie and how do people connect with you? <laughs> So um, Picture Perfect Lies is the name of the movie. It is 100% a little lifetime thriller. Short synopsis, at my birthday, I find out deep, dark family secrets, and then I spend the rest of the movie trying to like figure them out. You can connect with me um, for my acting side of things. It's usually all through Instagram, which is, it's just MeggieLiz93. And then for launch centers, you can find me on the launch centers website. That's just Megan at launchcenters.com. 
I'm always, I'm there, I'm around, you know, I'm ever present at launch, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, just I'm, email is usually the better way to get in touch with me or the Instagram because otherwise I, I lose text messages pretty frequently. I just, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get back to that later. And then it's gone. I'm like that too. <laughs> it's just gone to the ether. I think in, in terms of people hearing this and, and potentially wanting to connect or, or learn things. I think something I would say is just that I think you also sort of get pressured to pick what you love very early on. And everything I know of everyone around me, I was fortunate to know what I wanted to do early on. I was one of the few, I was not one of the many. And I do think a lot of young adults commit to something very early on thinking that that's what they wanna do and just try things it's like i i think it is a little bit of a fallacy that it's like immediately graduate high school and then immediately commit to something you want to do for the rest of your life and i just think that that's not always true and i don't think that you need to feel beholden to what you've decided and the best thing i can say for that is literally just try anything take every class even if you don't want to i mean that's how i found what i was doing i was like yeah sure i'll take it and then here i am however many years later. <laughs> it's funny how it all works, right? Yeah. I love that advice. I think that's really important. We, we do at a, we really force, and I say we collectively as a society within the education system, we say pick a path and then that's what you need to do. And our developing brains don't know that the world can be our oyster and you can try on many different things. And like you said, life's hard. So if you don't like, something that you're pursuing switch try something else like just just keep like figuring trying on different hats to figure out what it is that you know again fills you up yeah and it's not a failure to switch because i think that's what they like oh i failed at this because i switched and it's like no why you're just deciding to choose joy somewhere else like why would you continue on with something where you're not receiving that joy switch move carry on with yourself find it find what lights you up Life does not have to be relegated to weekends. Like, enjoy oh all my gosh. Yeah. I feel like I need to reflect on that for myself. <laughs> I told you, I've been doing a lot of self-work recently. I was like, if I don't love my day, I need to look at it. What am I doing in my day that I'm not loving? And I need to figure it out. It's a good point. Well, Megan, I'm, I like I said in the beginning of this uh, podcast, I'm, I'm certainly going to reiterate it now. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me and share your story. And I'm, I'm just extremely grateful. So thank you. I will thank you so much for, for having me. And like I said, I'm, I'm grateful for you letting me share my story so that if somebody hears this and wants to chat, I'd be happy to help. it for this week's success is subjective episode stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world you can follow me joanna on instagram at lily consulting 
and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Success is Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.